Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. My name is Trey McMillan from Low Country Oyster Company, and this is Eating Habits. Hey there, everyone. In this week's episode, we talk with Trey McMillan from Low Country Oysters. Trey started one of the first oyster farms in the Low Country down in the Ace Basin using northern oyster growing techniques. And these oysters are awesome. We carry them at all of our restaurants, and I'm happy to share with you his story. So here we go. What's up, Trey? What's up, Daniel? How are you? I'm well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Okay, let's get started into this. Low Country Oyster Company Yes. started how long ago? So Four years? Five let's years? see. We are. It's 20, we started 2017, and we started selling our products in 2018. Okay, so 2018 you started distributing oysters. Correct. I think We started growing them in 2017. They take forever. Is that, is that when we started using – did we start using your oysters straight out of the gate, or I, did we come late to the party? I I'm think not, I no, y'all were late to the party at all. Y'all were, y'all were we were like ahead of the game, yeah. right? We were waiting. Y'all, y'all were, I was chomping at the bit. That's right. <laughs> I think we were the first summer harvest we had was with y'all because y'all came to the farm the first time. I think it was like June or July, something right. like that. Yeah, your oysters. Let's let's talk about the oysters that you guys grow here. Where they're where where you grow them, how all that's kind of done. Because that that was eye opening for me when we came out to the farm um, prior to you starting to sell. I don't I don't think I'd ever. I've never been to an oyster farm. Yeah. I had an organic vegetable farm, so I was familiar with the harsh realities of farming <laughs> and what that's like. But I couldn't relate that to what, like, you know, the aquaculture kind of farming was about. And you have a real beautiful farm out there. So let's talk about that for a minute, get people a setting of, like, what that's like. It's uh, So the farm is down the Ace Basin, which is an acronym for Ashapu, Cumbahee, and Edisto Rivers. Uh-huh. It's where they all combine, and it's – I want to say it's, like, the, the largest living estuary – in the United States, uh, definitely on the East Coast, but maybe even in the United States, since 350,000 acres of protected wetlands. That's so there's awesome. no development. There's yep. no runoff from cattle farms or, you know, poop plants or any of that stuff. Yeah, and that, that weird, that yeah, weird that, that, runoff. That, that, yeah, that stuff you don't want. So yeah. so it's it's it really makes a, a really good spot to grow oysters. And we Why is that? It's so, just pristine so, water. It's super so, clean. Like all that runoff and stuff. So I don't know that people generally understand and i, I kind of get it a little bit but like all of that industrial runoff whether it's contaminated water it's um it could be from you know from feces from cattle farms or pig farms or whatever could be chemicals from a plant or whatever what does that do exactly to the estuary to cause or, or the area to o- over time it, it'll definitely start killing stuff off you know i mean yeah everyone's especially now you know everyone's moving to the coast you know not i mean a ton of people are moving to south carolina but just the coast in general so you know the more development you have the more marshland that gets filled in which means more oyster beds go away and that's kind of what is your first barrier protection from erosion essentially for for sea level rising and stuff so it it all it's it's like everything else i want to get into the ecological amazingness of oysters shortly oh yeah because you know i continue to learn about these things like all the time and i'm just like wow these are like magical alien creatures that yeah like fi- they fix everything it's a real they, superfood yeah they really are yeah <laughs> and not just for your body like they like they fix the environment they fix a lot yeah. of stuff so i would definitely want to get into that because i think that's super interesting so more about yeah so the ace basin down there mm-hmm. where these rivers kind of 
converge. How does that work? Like, what is it? What is an oyster farm? So the way that we like? do how does it, that work for the state of South Carolina, it's it's a pretty new method of farming. We use all floating gear. Um, so we have these big cages that float on the top of the water column, and then we put bags inside each cage. And it's uh, by no means is it a new technology. They actually do it. They've been doing it up north for years and years, like Canada and mm-hmm. you know. Um, really the Chesapeake above. Uh-huh. Uh, that's kind of where I got my first taste of it was in the Chesapeake when I first saw it and thought it was amazing. So I started doing research on it. And When was that? That would have been 2015-ish. It was okay. when um, I was still fishing professionally at the time and I was actually in Maryland. But yeah, so that was like 2015 and, and uh, I just kind of took a lot of interest in it for some reason and I guess by 2017 I decided to quit my career take a massive loan out jump in at feet first and here we yeah. are so let's talk about that so prior okay so you, so you you ran into these kind this method of of growing oysters around 2015 prior to that you were a pro fisherman mm-hmm. an angler mm-hmm. yeah it was fun man it was uh so you were, I tried you, the college thing it, it wasn't for me it's where'd, uh, you, where'd you go to college so I started out going to school down in Florida um to a maritime school okay and it lasted a couple of weeks. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was 18 and I knew everything so. <laughs> and I was, you know, I really liked fishing. And so I ended up, you know, becoming a professional fisherman at the age of 18, um, starting to fish tournaments and all that kind of stuff and travel around. So like built like billfish tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything we did was all billfish stuff. Okay. Um, I fished, man, I can't even tell you how many tournaments it was a bunch. It was, yeah. you know, as a young man, it's, how do you get into that? Like, that's kind of like, it's not a, I mean, it's a huge sport um, as far as like, there's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of like celebrity people are involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how do you at like 18 or as a teenager get it like on a boat? I, I like, started you- <laughs> like in the summers and stuff. When I was in high school, I was uh, basically washing boats in the summer as a summer job and I okay. use that term very loosely the summer job because you don't make a dime yeah <laughs> <laughs> and as a 17 year old kid you know it's like I'm gonna save up all my money from the summer to be able to go out on Friday nights all year you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so I just started washing the boats when they would come in from fishing and you know that all the all the mates and captains were essentially pay me in knowledge mm-hmm. you know they would start taking me fishing and I just fell in love with it and that's kind of how I how I got my start, you know. It, it uh it, it's a little different for everybody, but it's definitely one of those industries that you still have to stay humble and keep your head down to get anywhere. Otherwise, you're just going to be the next guy that comes yeah. in and acts like an asshole. Right. So that that to me is pretty fascinating. The whole the whole sport fishing thing. So you took us fishing. Yeah. Um, you took a bunch of the chefs. So me, Chef Adam, our you know our significant others. So it's yeah. like it was like our Charleston yeah, kind of yeah, chef yeah. crew. I think you guys were preparing for a tournament. That's it was right. like right before the Governor's Cup or something yep. like that. One of those tournaments. And I guess you guys were just kind of training up and getting ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Man, that was an eye opener. Yeah. Right. Like I'd been deep sea <laughs> fishing on like a charter boat. You know, we we didn't catch anything like in Florida. <laughs> it was just like I got a wicked I got caught a wicked sunburn. Yeah. You know that was about it. <laughs> But watching you guys fish, remind like I could relate instantly. I was fascinated by it because it reminded me of how like a well-oiled kitchen runs mm-hmm. on a Friday night or yeah. a Saturday night. It's like efficiency, man. Yeah, dude, you, it was awesome to watch. If anybody hasn't seen it, like YouTube that shit because yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> um, when you get a good crew, so what what is that like? Like the, do you guys have like a set crew? 
they're like a team that works together all the yeah. time or do you is it like a freelance pirate so thing or so what? it's a little bit of both um really the guys that win they win consistently mm-hmm. and it's because they have the same guys fishing with them they're on the same they're boat. on the same that i mean everything's the same mm-hmm. you have one job you show up you do it you do it really good and you're gonna win got it you know so every it's it's kind of it's like anything else you know yeah it's 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 all teamwork it's you're only as good as the next person makes you so. yeah who drives is the captain drive the boat the or? captain drives the boat okay yep. so so the captain's the ones responsible for finding the fish basically Correct. like find out where wherever the hell his, they are. his network is what you pay for okay so he, it, explain that i don't know what so that his is. network like when he his knowledge of his knowledge of everything the areas the areas y'all are fishing but also his outreach to other captains from that area obviously you know you go to different places yeah like going to somebody else's kitchen you don't know where all, all the utensils are right well he's got a knowledge because he's been there before and he knows all the guys that do it gotcha so you're paying for his knowledge you know uh-huh. that's that's what are they are the, are the are the captains for these like tournaments kind of cutthroat are they like oh yeah like oh yeah they're like they're they're, they're little oh yeah they're recipe like little, book they're a little like yeah. all their notes is like super top uh-huh. secret and it's you know it's funny about it it's it's really generational okay so it's like you have the younger crowd coming up and when those guys start running boats, like the first one that usually starts running a boat and all of his friends are still the mates and stuff. Yeah. He he gets whipped on yeah. <laughs> continuously for a couple of years until his buddies start coming up. Gotcha. Then they start getting then the they start oh, yeah. they're like, oh, this is what it's like. Exactly. You know, and then yeah. and then that generation kind of starts bumping out the, the generation before them. I'm not going to say bumping them out because there's definitely guys that I've been doing it forever that you just can't beat. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah they just know, they're, they're they know there. all the stuff. You know, yeah, they know everything. And if you try messing with them, you're going to get run over. <laughs> is there, is it, is it, do you follow all the tournaments and stuff still? Oh, yeah. You're yeah, like, I still like talk to them, all the guys. It. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm that guy that watches it from behind the desk now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I listen, I listen to them on the radio and yeah. Cool. Live my glory days. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> is there, is there a goat? Oh, there absolutely. Like, there's like, there's like, oh, absolutely. A, there's every, like the every, one who everybody's like, absolutely. He's the legend. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a good many of them. And it was yeah. like the trailblazers in all honesty, you know, okay. they're, they're like the, the OGs. Uh, obviously. So your career kind of started, um, sport fishing on the water. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Charleston. I grew up in Charleston. So you've always been near the water. Yeah. It, do you think that that had something to do with kind of this passion for hands down? Yeah. Hands down. I mean, at the age of 30, I was, uh, I was tired, man. I, yeah. I was tired of traveling. I was, I mean, I was gone seven, eight months a year. You know? Okay. So being able to come home and how long, would, how long would you be gone for when months, you guys go on? Yes. Yeah, so months at a time. I mean, we would, we, the, we were on the same boat. One. We would go from, from Charleston to North Carolina to Bermuda, from Bermuda to Virginia, Virginia to Ocean City, Ocean City back to Charleston. And we would do all that in like three months. And That's then, hauling. Yeah. And then we would have like maybe a month to kind of reset. Yeah. And then go down south. How much of that is actually fishing the tournament and how much of that's like traveling, setting up? So most tournaments are that's a lot. Like people don't realize how hard that travel the, is. The tournament's the fun part. Yeah. The the prep work and the you know, the, the travel and just just everything that, that you don't see behind the scenes, mm-hmm. it is daunting and yeah. very tasking and very tiring. Yeah. I mean we, we would literally finish a tournament one day, go in, hand in our, our um catch reports and stuff mm-hmm. to finish out the tournament and literally go back to the boat, finish fueling and leave at nine o'clock at night to go to the next one. Shit. And sometimes leaving would be going 800 miles across the ocean. 
<laughs> to the middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just people don't see that, but they they right. do see the part where it's the big fish, the big fish the hanging thing. and yeah. all that. I mean, that's 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 the fun part. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's why we did all everything that we did to to make that happen. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a love of the sport, mm-hmm. and so to to be able to do that, you have to do the. I'm not gonna say the shitty part, it's, but it's, the hard the, the hard, the hard part, part. Yeah, yeah, the grind of, of exactly. It. So I think I think in one average year we were putting about twelve hundred. Or no, I'm sorry. We were putting about a thousand hours on the motors and about thirty-five hundred miles. Yeah, nautical miles. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. So you did that for? I mean, I can't do the math on that, but that's. I did it for fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yep. Wow. Fifteen years. Is the money good? It can be. Yeah. If Depends you on how good you are. <laughs> if you yeah. If you're winning. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We we had some good years and we also had some really hard years. You know? Yeah. It's just like anything else. It's, yeah. It's when it's your time, it's your time, and everything lines up. And is it is it the love of the fishing that is why people do it? Is it the thrill hands of that? Down. Like you're not in it to be rich. You're not. In it. I mean, no, there's like no. some of these like the, the goats. You know, are are making big bank, yeah. but everybody else is just like just the thrill of tomato playing ketchup yeah. you know <laughs> yeah that's awesome no it's it's definitely you, you gotta love it to do it yeah otherwise i mean who, who would work i mean in all honesty there were weeks when you would work 70 80 hours yeah and it's you know you work in three hour shifts three hours on six hours off just to take a boat from here to costa rica or wherever you're going you know yeah so it's long long hours <laughs> craziest story from a tournament or a delivery of the boat or whatever Oh man! Before we get into oyster, the first oyster thing farm. that comes to mind, I was on the way back from uh, Dominican Republic, and it was early May, and it was slick calm. I mean, just not a glass, just glass. It looked like a mirror sheet, you know. Where were you like out? Were you offshore? I was. Here? So we left. Uh, we left Dominican Republic at midnight from Costa Conference to the south side of DR, and we were at Mona Passage at sunrise. We came through the passage and went all the way to Turks and Caicos that same day, which is a haul. haul. We got in Turks and Caicos at dark, cleared customs, got fuel, got a few hours of sleep, woke up the next morning, left at sunrise so we could get through the reef safely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we started heading north, and I was going to try to go to Nassau, and out of nowhere. So we were down, like, so we were between Bahamas and Turks and Caicos, Provo. Okay. And out of nowhere, this storm just blew up. Like, I saw it on radar, and mm-hmm. it was like, all right, well, I'll start going this way a little bit. Yeah. Kind of get on yeah. the, you know, skirt, skirt the away. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was moving, dude. And yeah. it, there was no way around it at that point. And it, I, like, I get goosebumps thinking about <laughs> it right now. It blew our front curtains out on the bridge. Like, it, you, I, that whole white squall thing yeah. where you get disoriented, it's yeah. real. Like it, yeah, it was a, like, that was the first and the only time I've ever seen it like that, and it's real. Like it, 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 it disoriented me. To, I didn't know which way was which. You couldn't see the bow of the boat. I mean, it was just, it was intense. It was wow. about a 15 minute period where I was like, I, this might be it. Holy yeah. shit! You thought you, thought you might the like boat might literally. <laughs> like I was like, if it's you know, it's not it's not really that rough, but the wind, the lightning, and like just all the factors that play yeah. into it it's like was like intense holy cow like your hair is like standing up the entire time because the lightning's just everywhere how stable are those boats so you were on one of the big the big like kingfisher type yeah boats, right? the big tournament yeah. boats so yeah. how stable are those things they're really stable yeah i mean yeah they i mean nowadays they have like um 
gyros and stuff in them where okay. they like uh, stabilizers like, so they like don't thrusters and stuff or yeah they've like... got thrusters and all that but now they also have like gyro balls where it's they don't rock it like eliminates i think How it's like 90 percent that... of the roll out of them oh wow so it's like yeah, when it's like six foot seas and you go beam two yeah they just they just sit stay normal. That's yeah crazy. it's insane it's pretty wow, wild wow that's cool yeah so this so the storm just came out of nowhere. Yeah, was it? There was did no it way just around materialize it. or did it like blow? So in? I saw I saw it coming on the radar, and uh, we were trying to skirt around it, and it, it was moving so quickly, and we you have to be really fuel conscientious when you do these big runs like that, mm -hmm. to where we can't just like you can't run just... twenty miles out of the way to get out of out of this pass. So, you know, we'll start kind of jogging one way or the other to, you know, kind of slip by it on out, you know, kind of skirt by it on the edge. It just it was moving too fast for us to do that at the speed yeah. we were making, so it, it just called us. And at that point, it's like, now do I turn around and run away from it to try yeah. to get around it? But then you're you know you're then you run out of fuel, so right? You just float. You're so bobbing. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it gets to a point where you're just like, all right, put your head down. We're going through it, you know. Oh, so we just we turned into it and it just, I mean, literally that's all we could do. We basically just took the boat and put it in gear, turn on the autopilot. Quit touching the metal wheel. Yeah, don't touch <laughs> it, anything. Yeah, don't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just just kept the bow into the into the wind. You know, wow. that was really all we could how, do. How long was that? Was it, was that a, it was like 15 minutes. Yeah, which don't it's not that, that long. It doesn't sound that long, but it, when you oh got god, dude, it was forever. It was forever. Is how long it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome. Yeah, That's a cool story. I mean, it's a cool experience. You know, you're like, yeah, you, you got one for the. It, ma it makes you. It reminds you of your living. Yeah, you yeah, know? Right. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it gives yeah. you the appreciation that, hey, <laughs> he could go away tomorrow. So were you were you on tournament when you saw that when you started to like pay attention to these oyster growing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you always interested in oysters or how did that um, like? Not necessarily oysters. Like... I always liked eating oysters. I mean, growing up in low country, it's what yeah. you do, you know. Yeah. Um, and we used to always go as a kid. You know, I'd go pick oysters and. You mean the mud my... the mud cups? Yeah, the mud cups, <laughs> the, old, the old mud biscuits. <laughs> That's all I thought oysters were from the south. Yeah. Being from the north, right? Yeah. North Shore of Boston, like that's oyster oyster land up there. Mm-hmm. When I first tried southern oysters, I was like, fuck that shit. I was yeah. like, that's garbage. Like, I don't know why people eat that. Yeah. You know, you can just take a handful of mud and, like, <laughs> you're good to go. Um, but then, you know, we came out to your farm, and you had you had actually sold me on this thing. You were like, nope, these are different. Yeah. And I, was like, I remember I, it. I remember it. Yeah, I was day. like, all right, Trey, yeah. whatever. Trey's got the magical oyster. Right? <laughs> and, and so you picked up those techniques, and when I tried I was like, holy shit. Okay, these are clean. They're salty. You know, um, I don't even know that the wild oysters here taste salty. I, I just remember them being just very dirty. Yeah. And that's after pressure washing them and, like, yeah. doing all the things that you do yeah. for, like, I mean, you're, you're pulling all the mud. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that was your experience with oysters, was mm -hmm. the mud cups. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to refer to them as. <laughs> I still won't eat them. Like, uh, I'm good. So what kind of led you to the, the growing them in the low country in this method? I would say it, it, it was it was more or less being able to come home, you know, like yeah. taking what what I've built as a career over the past 15 years and, and applying it to something that's not totally out of my realm. Mm -hmm. You know, like being on the water. Exactly. And, you know, there's yeah. no way in hell I'm going to go sit in the office for eight hours a day and look at a computer screen. There's no way, you know, like and I know that. Or maybe just yeah. uh, where, where a warehouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a warehouse is a little yeah. different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little dirtier. It's a little it's a little seedier. Yeah. <laughs> So it just, it was one of those things. It's like, how can I use what my education was, you know, making a living on the water, apply it to something that I find fascinating and not having to go to work every day. Yeah. You know, so 
and I say not going to ha- having to go to work every day. It's like if you do something you love, you don't ever work a day in your life. So right. it's, I knew I loved being on the water. I knew I loved all things boat related and all that. So it's it was kind of a hybrid of everything for me and giving me an opportunity to come home and settle down, sort of say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not be not be traveling all the exactly. time, sleeping in a wherever yeah. on a boat or yeah. or, or in a hotel room exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That that's that that stuff's great when you're a teenager. I wouldn't change like, it for the world. Yeah. But I was ready to come ready home. Ready to be done with that. Yeah. So you first notice these this kind of we'll call it like the northern kind of oyster farming techniques around 2015. Were you already interested in thinking about an oyster farm at that point or was that just kind of like the seed where you're like, "Oh, this might be something I I get into." That was really the seed of it. Um, okay. I mean, I, I I knew about aquaculture, obviously, and how it was a, a growing thing mm-hmm. for, I mean, really the world, but you yeah. know, specifically on the East Coast, it, it was article after article coming out in magazines, and you know, it was just like, everywhere you turned, anything marine related was referring to aquaculture and all that. Mm-hmm. So it kind of that was kind of what started it, and then seeing it firsthand, you don't really get a good appreciation of it until you see it firsthand you know and what it takes and like it's a lot you know Mm -hmm. i mean just from a machinery aspect from a work aspect from a personnel aspect there's a lot of moving parts to it and it it just fascinated me from i mean the whole the whole thing Mm -hmm. you know so that that was kind of like the seed that started it all and uh i just literally quit my career (laughs) <laughs> took out a huge Said, I'm loan, figure this out. jumped in at feet first. You know, most people, they would be like, oh, I'm going to try this out while still maintaining this job. And I tried that for about 10 days. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm the kind of guy I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going all in. Yeah. It's, it's so, either sink or swim. So, so when did you, uh, what was the process like to prepare for that? jump in right like so, so you see you, you notice these these things did you start like traveling around and visiting other farms and Mm-mm. you just kind of do anything you to be said honest. I'm, like I'm i, doing I just i just i said i was doing it i made the decision up in my head and 10 days later you were like i literally Here we go. was in my boss's office having that terrible conversation saying i'm leaving you know wow. and i was with him for a long time 15 years yeah you know he was i mean and we're still great friends he's He's a role model for me. Um, he's a hell of a businessman. I learned more from him than. Who is this? His name is uh, Bubba Roof. Okay. He, he uh, is the owner of Sea Hunt Boats. Okay. Um, cool. Which is who I worked for for okay. for a long time. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, I learned a lot from him just sitting around a dinner table. Yeah. Listening to his conversations and you know what, how you what, conduct yourself. What kind yourself. of stuff were you learning from him? Man, I you mean, you weren't learning oyster farming. No, but so how how to how to run important. a business? Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy he's. He's self-made. He's he's uh, very successful. One of he is the biggest boat producer in the country. Um, wow. I mean, he builds fifty, I think fifty-something boats a week. He, Can you, you got a line on a boat for me? Yeah. Like something with a motor? Yeah, yeah. That, there's the problem. Yeah. It's the motor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can get you the boat. Yeah, Motor's I can get you all the boats you want, but yeah. you ain't getting a motor. <laughs> That's funny. That's the supply chain thing. That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. We'll talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so he taught you about business. Business, um, how, how to conduct yourself, you know, how to make decisions, hire slowly, fire quickly, mm-hmm. sort of say, you know, just re- really how to, the mindset that you have to have to be able to w- not only work for yourself, but 
provide for people that you work alongside with. That's mm-hmm. just as important as working for somebody. Right. You may own the business, but at the end of the day, you're still working for their families. You right. Know, you, you yes. have to people rely on you as, exactly. as the, the owner or of the business or whatever. Those people rely on you. Hands down. Um, as much as you rely on them for and, their, and for and their that's, work. That's what it is. Yeah, and, and, you, and you don't really get appreciation of that until you're in that position to, mm-hmm. and you have, if you don't know that you're, you're going to fail. Yeah. Hands down. How many times as a young, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back like that just sparked this, these like kind of memories of like working for chefs when I was younger and like these fucking bastard chefs, mm-hmm. you know, they like oh, yeah. throw shit at you and yell at you and stuff. And you know, how many times you think to yourself, these fucking people don't know what it's like, right? Yeah. Like what a, what a, what a jerk or whatever. Yeah. And how important that lesson is, right. The one that you learned, which is, you know, to respect those people and then understand how important that relationship is. And mm-hmm. you get so much more out of your employees. Like I learned that lesson in my own business is how much more you get out of people when you can empathize with the work they're doing. Hands you know, down. A, you've done all the work they're doing. Exactly. Um, and then remembering that as you go up the ladder is like, hey, that job's not easy. You know, yeah. These people have it hard and they've got shit going on outside of work. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's a good lesson. Yeah. Have you always... Do you consider yourself a strong leader? Mm, I, I, I don't know. I, I've never been asked that to be honest. But okay. I'm never going to ask somebody to do something I haven't done, or okay. I will do myself at, at that current time. The reason I ask is um, I was watching you on the boat when we were fishing. Um, the way you guys work straight a team and how everybody works together. To me, I got the impression that you were a very strong leader. I don't know if that's that that's true or if your team was just like fucking rock solid and these guys just you know could feel your thoughts or whatever um but but it was so well orchestrated and fluid and the communication was short and precise and like very efficient that i got the impression that you were a strong leader so i had no doubt that all this you know low country oyster would take off yeah i knew that you'd be able to 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 succeed at that and i was wondering if that's something that you thought about or or i you know, reflected on, or is it part of your? I haven't really, to be honest, and yeah. I don't think it's. It is important, mm-hmm. but I think it goes back to everybody has a crucial role, you mm-hmm. know. And if you can find the people, I think I would say more. My strong suit is a scout. <laughs> you, you gotta, you, yeah, we could probably do the job that twenty people are doing, but we're gonna do it with six, mm-hmm. and we're gonna that's do it awesome. efficiently. You know that yeah. that's that's what I that's kind of what keeps me going is like how can we better ourselves with machinery and less human error mm-hmm. sort of say yeah to, to make this work efficiently gotcha so i, I think my, my strong suit would be like scouting really good guys that, yeah that know what's up so let's talk about because i think the leadership part of this tool or this this evolution is going to come through growth right like you don't need to be a great leader when it's you and your your two best boys and you guys are just like roughing it out and getting it done right you're like oh i just rely on us and we go the real trick will be once you expand and grow and if you grow which will i want to talk about that so you just kind of decided you're going to do it took out a monster loan yeah how did that happen? <laughs> How the hell do you take out a monster loan when you're a oh, dude? When you're it a, was a, a pro angler, like do banks even know what that is? No. Well, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a pro angler. They're like, they, what is that? they don't understand what that is, and they yeah. also do not. They will not finance any farm. Okay. So it yeah. it was basically I leveraged my house in the deal, and okay. I had some equity in my home, 
So basically I took a, took a major risk, took a, a major risk and <laughs> took a SBA loan out for, you know, half a million dollars and deferred the payments for a year. So built up a lot more debt with interest and everything else. But we, you know, we had to get a first crop in. So yeah. it's like, you know, for the first year you don't sell anything. You just work every day and yeah. to grow your crop. So you decide you're going to be an, an oysterman. It's <laughs> like, I'm going to be an oysterman. Cool. Let's do it. I need money. Yeah. How did you know where you were like, how did you know where to, to do it? Did you have ideas about that? I had, were you just, I had did I, you just go out in your boat and like drive around and be like, yeah, this would be a good spot. Literally. For real? Yeah. I'm not just, you. You're just like, yeah. Touring around out in like the, the marshes and stuff, looking mm -hmm. for a spot. You're like, this would work. Pretty much. And then what do you petition? So you have, like, to, take, you... You have to take that idea of that spot and take it back to DNR, Department of Natural Resources. Okay. And apply through them. They either give you the yay or nay to be able to put in an application for that. So, that's so you, so you just got, you got to reach out to somebody first and say, hey, this is there's, a, there's a spot here yep. that I think would be prime yep. for, for doing an oyster farm. And mm -hmm. it would be, you, do you give them like coordinates or something? Like, yeah, hey, this you, is like you, give them, you give them coordinates and then it, from there, before you really, you give them the coordinates, but then it gets much more detailed okay. after they give you. They the, just kind of look at it and they're like, they look at kind of exactly. like the marine traffic and what's there. Everything. And they're like, okay, Everything. this would work. Yep. And then from there, that's when it really starts getting down to nitty gritty and like just, I mean, it took nearly four years to get my first permit. Gotcha. That so was a slow process. It's a slow process. And it's not, it's getting better. It's just so new for the state still, you right. know, so it's, there was no real process in place. It was kind of chasing your tail around trying to, you know, make one, one agency happy and then the other one wouldn't be happy. So you'd have to rework everything and, you know, everything you do is, is marine engineer drawings and. You know, anytime you have to do a revision to that, it's got to be, you know, stamped with their with their seal of approval. And so it just everything starts adding up the time, the money, mm -hmm. the, the process, everything. And then it, it just I feel fortunate that it's behind us now. Yeah. Did you were you prepared for that? Were no, you like you didn't no. realize how long it was going to take? Mm -mm. Gotcha. It was it was uh, it was a lot. Were there other oyster farms in South Carolina? Like, the, yes. Okay, that were that were raising oysters. So the the short answer, yes. The long answer is really long. And I won't go into it, but okay. <laughs> but the method that we were doing, no. Okay, so so the the suspended cages, exactly that whole thing had not been done in South Carolina. So we, we have the first permit. Okay, and it was from actually another company that tried it that went out of business. Okay, um, and that, that wasn't why they went out of business. It you know it, they had a whole distribution seafood distribution business before they even started the oyster farming aspect of it. Got it. And so once that kind of fell apart, they had that permit and it just so happened to be near where I had applied for a permit. So these permits aren't trans transferable. So Got you can't it. buy and sell them. You can't yep. go and do the process of getting a permit and then sell it to somebody. So you couldn't, you couldn't decide next week that you're done and you sell your permit to like, to me. Can't do it. You, okay. I can yeah. sell you my whole company. Right. But, but that, would that include the permit would or would I have the permit? To, okay. If, if the permit's in my company name, Got but it. you can't get a permit in your company name unless you're a South Carolina residence for so long and your company's been established for so long. Gotcha. So it's a lot. Yeah. It's, you know what it's I mean? all it's the a red tape. It's of, like, there's always these, exactly. these like levels of, yeah. of red tape. Yeah. Gotcha. So it, it's, there's a lot to yeah. it and it, it's not easy. It's not easy. No, people aren't just, there, there's not going to be oyster farms popping up there's all over five the place. of them in the state. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, five of them. Mm -hmm. It's. That's not a lot. 
when you when you talk about how many people you're feeding. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're I a chef. Do. You understand what it takes to feed people. I do. And when <laughs> you're doing that with somebody essentially choking you out, it's yeah, it's tough. You ended up getting the permit from an oyster farm that applied for it. They so they had a permit, and when they went out of business, their company when their company went out of business and all their gear and stuff was still out there. So basically, long story short, I had a, I did not buy the company, but I bought their assets. We did an asset purchase okay. for them to be able to transfer the permit to my name. Got it. And at the time, the permit, I, my company was still too new because I was applying for a new permit. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't put the permit in my company name. So I had to, again, take another risk with my, you know, just like when I put my house up mm-hmm. for a loan. It's the same thing. I had to do it with that permit now. Gotcha. So it was just it was just kind of like a snowball, and then, you know, I feel, I guess once you once you get so deep into something, <laughs> yeah, I was you're like, just gonna say we're, that. Do, we're doing it. Yeah, you know? it's like <laughs> who cares at this point? Yeah, we're in this hole. Like yeah, there's only one way out. Doesn't. Yeah, there's only one way out. <laughs> so at that point, I was just like, well, I just keep stacking them up, you know. Yeah. Put, put them on tab. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good for it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Come back in five years. I got you, yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so that's an interesting point, right? So so you're accumulating all this debt, getting the business started, and and getting prepared to start growing um, and I want to talk about what that looks like how do you grow an oyster because I think that's fascinating mm-hmm. but um it's not a it's not a fast process it's not like how, how long does it take I mean it's actually pretty fast down here because the waters are warm right so speaking in oyster terms it takes about a year here which is fast uh-huh you go up to the Chesapeake it takes 18 months you know maybe two years you go up to to Canada and you're talking like three to four years to for one crop is that because of the is that the water temperatures yeah for the most part it's um you know or it probably our, has something to do with the 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 feet like the feed exactly. like the amount of that's exactly right it's yeah. it's the algae blooms the phytoplankton all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um our water we're like in this little niche like this little 150 mile span of where the water never gets below 40 degrees more or less 50 degrees really so more or less 40 mm-hmm. but when the uh, water gets below 40 degrees oysters go dormant so they, they basically hibernate okay they don't eat they don't do anything they just chill they out they just chill and then and you know they, they quit eating so they quit growing we don't really run into that problem here but you go south and it gets too hot you go north it gets too cold so we're like in this little yeah it's like awesome magic like and this is not something i knew when i was going into okay yeah this wasn't this wasn't a strategized play it was not strategized at all yeah Yeah. it just so happened to work out that way it was close to where you (laughs) lived exactly (laughs) so you know we're we're really fortunate that we we can we can turn a crop around and i mean we'll start seeing market ready stuff in nine months which is insanely fast yeah that's Um, super fast so we, we we always tell tell everybody about 12 months is is our turnaround time Obviously, they're not all going to be ready at 12 months, but right. a majority, you know, we'll start harvesting that that crop at about 12 months. So that was a lucky break for you. Super lucky. Yeah. Man. And and has that affected your kind of success or growth of the business? Like Hands down. Having that, having Hands that, down. like being able to be able to have Absolutely. crop ready that fast. Absolutely. It's uh, I mean, you know, our, our first year we we killed way more oysters than we sold. How does that, how does that happen? Just not knowing, you know, I mean, this is all trial by fire for us. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're learning every day. Um, still learning every day. What kind of learning curve disasters did you experience like that first? Oh, dude, I killed like a half a million oysters in like a week. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They're just, they just. I don't know. They're dead. That's what happened. (laughs) Were these out in a cage? Were they suspended? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like half of our, my first crop. And I I shouldn't say, I don't know what happened. It it was a, 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 
kind of a accumulation of things. Um, getting seed that's not local seed. We were getting seed from the Gulf because of the way the laws were written. We had to, so we didn't really have a good seed source. You know, local seed source. Gotcha. That that's it. Probably the biggest of all. You're not. It's like any kind of farming. Like it yeah. takes different seed for different soil. It's the same thing with water. Salinities. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of foods in the water to eat? All that kind of stuff. Where does somebody get oyster seed? We make our own now. That's um, awesome. I yeah. saw that. So we 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 uh, you know and this is all stuff trial and error. Yeah, you know, and the first year we were just buying seed from out of state and. Where, where where were you buying it from? Is from there like Louisiana. a supply? Is there like a supply uh, the, the, company or like how yeah, do you, we were like who do you call and say, hey, I need, I need uh, you know a million. We we were buying them from uh, Louisiana State University actually. Okay. So they have a like a sea grant program there, or they did. I, they might not have anymore, but they were, you know, they, they have a, a a school program and they would produce seed and then sell it to whoever wanted to buy it for their farm or you know whatever it was, mm-hmm. and uh, so. The way the laws were, we couldn't import seed from north of South Carolina. We had to go south, and there was no supply. That was, like, our only option. Right. But you take a Gulf seed and move it to the East Coast, it doesn't work. Gotcha. You know, so it just we, – we ended up losing a lot. Um, and, it, unfortunately, it was after almost a year that we had into it, invested into it, um, we lost a bunch of it. So it, if you lose it right out the gate, it's one thing. Yeah, but losing it when you're just coming to market. Yeah, you know, you're sort of starting with your first eight crop. months into it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it really hurt. Put it, it, you know, put us back a little bit. But it, you know, we we learned. Yeah. So at that at that time, we went back to the drawing board, and well, if we're gonna do it, we gotta do it right. Let's invest into a, a nursery. So we built a whole nursery out. So now we produce our own seed, and you know, it's it's just it, that those those sort of steps you don't you don't know about, and I don't really think there's a guidebook to tell you sure so it's just stuff you have to figure out that's what it takes you yeah know, it is what it is so if you are so you guys are growing so you have a nursery at the farm mm-hmm. and um that's basically what like a series of tanks basically right yep. With like filters in them so yep. the so the little seed yeah i mean they're like, they're like the size of pepper flakes when they go in there so we'll, we'll usually run about two million through it at a time we'll do about two or three runs a year on it so we, you know, we try to put about five, six million oysters on our farm per year, and okay. then we also supply some of the other uh, farms in the state as well. Oh, cool! So with the seed. With the seed, yeah. Nice, yep. right on. So 2018 was the first harvest. What was that first year like for you guys from um, from a supply standpoint? How many, how many oysters? It was many? tough, man. It, it was tough in the the aspect of trying to to get chefs on board that you can eat southern oysters in summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you were one of them. I, 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 remember, I, I remember it to the day. Yeah, we were on the boat, I think. Yeah, we were well, out. No, when Adam told me, because Adam was ordering for, well, at the time it was yep. five church, you know, church and union now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still there. Yeah. Uh, and he was the one that was ordering for me every week. And, and Adam and I had, a, a, you know, we've become friends at this point. Right. And uh, he pretty much told me when summer harvest was coming in and, and, and our wild season was going out. He said, look, we, we're, we can't use y'all in the summer. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, that's, you know, my, my, my superior said <laughs> no southern oysters in the summer. Yeah. So I was like, man. And it, it wasn't just y'all. It was right. like we started dropping like flies off everybody's yeah. menu. So I was like, all right, this, is, this ain't going to work, you know. Like, sure. So that's when I was like, we need to start getting these guys out here to see it. We got, we got to show that it's safe, it's good, and like, mm-hmm. we can do this, you know. Right. And so we did. And I remember I remember when Adam took an oyster and put it in front of Patrick. 
Yeah. Because Patrick wouldn't try it. He, yeah. was, he was all against it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, He wouldn't try it. Yeah. And it was at y'all's five, I can't remember how many years, but it was at the yeah. birthday party. That yeah. might have been, that might have been a three year. Yeah, I think it was That might have been a three year because that was yeah, a while. So it, it was, was, it was three year. Yeah. And Adam told Patrick, he said, just try this. And, and Patrick looked at it, looked at Adam. He's like, oh. And he, he tried it. And Adam was like, looked at him waiting for a response. And he didn't say anything. The only thing he would tell Adam was like, he figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> nice. And he's like, so we can't even carry him during the summer. He goes, he f- he's got it figured out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't put a stamp of approval he on it. He didn't put a stamp of approval yeah. on it, but. I mean, I remember, I think I remember the first time I tried them was, I think, on the farm. Because I hadn't I hadn't had them yeah. um, in the restaurant because mm-hmm. I was in Charlotte and, and bouncing around. And we came out to the farm, and this mm-hmm. was part of the master plan, I think. Yep. Adam was like, "Hey, we got to go out to the farm and check this Adam place out." Adam was like our biggest cheerleader, man. Yeah, he's, totally. He's, yeah, we well, uh, need to. You can get him like a placard, like a I know, employee of the year <laughs> thing or something. That's right. Because um, you know, because I was very skeptical, but I was open to it. Yeah. You know, I was like, "Look, I'm not buying any of this. Like, I have to see it." Yeah. Right. I was like, "You can tell me whatever you want. I don't believe you." Yeah. Because I grew up in the north, and this is the way it is. Like, this Absolutely. is what I know. Yeah. Right. And I'm not a young guy either. Like, I come from kind of old school chefs where like you don't. That's not something you do in the north. Um. And so we get, went out to the farm. You, you know, the, the operation I think was still pretty small at that. But I don't even think you had the sorter at that point. Did you have the big machine that? I think like we just the... got in the sorter. We didn't have so now. Yeah, I don't think it was set up. It, it was you nothing like it parts. is now. Yeah, we we didn't have walls on the building yet. Yeah, it was we, like we, it was pretty like yeah. run down. I was oh, like, yeah. wow, okay, this is an oyster. Oh, yeah. I can, I, it was it was the first couple of years, man. It was it was a grind. Yeah. I mean, it was like you were in the elements every day. You know. So we, so you took us down to the boat. It's like a little like skiff, like mm-hmm. aluminum boat, right? Open boat. Um, kind of, I remember cruising out through kind of like these really cool channels mm-hmm. in the marshland, just zipping through these things, which was kind of terrifying, but <laughs> totally beautiful. I mean, you were hauling ass. I was like, holy shit. It's all part of the show. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're going to sink this thing. Like, ass made of metal. And I was like, okay. So... There's no seats in these things, right? No. You're just sitting on yeah, a, an old cool, a yeah. cooler vice, you know? Yeah. Um, so we get out there, and I guess it was like, what is it? like? A, it's like a 10 or 15-minute little kind of like yeah. zip out there to this beautiful little spot. I think it's like, you know, what are, you're on the backside of what island is that? It's, a, it's called is it Otter Edis- Island. Yeah, it's Otter like Edisto Beach. We're, okay. We're right across the You're, you're on the backside yep. of that, kind of tucked behind yep. um, the Atlantic is on the other side of that. And there's just like these little buoys and these like floating joints in there. I remember you pulled one of these. I'm setting the scene here, right? So you pull the, the, uh, the cage out onto like this hook device on the side of the boat. And literally we just grabbed this bag of oysters, dumped them out into the, the boat. Yeah sorted for a good one and, and shucked it right there on the thing. And I remember them being, I mean, they were, they were, they weren't cold. Right. Cause I, I can't remember when this was, it wasn't it was cold like, out there. It, it was, was like June or July. Yeah, It was like summertime. Yeah. So they weren't, they weren't cold. Mm. So I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Out of water. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, but I, I was used to having oysters on ice all the time. Yeah. Right. Like that, that was my knowledge of it. The salinity was like, they were salty. Oh yeah. I was like, whoa. It was like eating pretzels or something Yeah. and delicious and totally clean. I mean, we literally just like popped them open and ate them. There was yeah. no, you know, rinsing, no whatever. And I was, I was mind blown. I don't know if you remember this. No, but I, I was remember like, it clear as day. I was like, what is this yeah. thing? I was like, this is, blew my mind open. 
And then the gear started turning. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. So we can actually do a local oyster. We can have, let's partner. I was like, probably on the way back, I was like, so let's partner up. Yeah. And we'll use you as our house oyster, and it'll be it'll be magic or whatever. That's it. You know? yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. It was a good day. It took that first summer, right? Like, mm-hmm. So the sales just drop off. Just drop so off. So you were going from like it was, how many? So now it was like not only are we trying to figure out how to efficiently farm oysters, how to get them to restaurants on a local scale, Mm-hmm. But also now at this point we have to start educating, you know, and I'm not saying that like as, oh, we know everything about it. I'm no. saying in the sense of like, it's okay to eat these in the summer. Like yeah. you don't have to knock them off your menu. The old adage of like, you only eat oysters with the months that end in an R. Yeah. The cold weather months. And you don't eat them any other time. Yeah. That was that, that whole thing came from, is that because in Northern oysters, they spawn in the, in the warm? It, that- no, it has nothing to do with spawning. What is it? Why, why, where did that come from? It was from? before Because I, I learned that as like a cook. Yeah. Like, you know, was, as a young cook. Really like, before refrigeration days. Um, like, gotcha. Like here, so we have big big tides here. So we have like mm-hmm. seven, eight foot tides. Yeah. And so when the tide goes out, the bank, the banks are just full of those, as you like yeah. to call them, the, the, mud, the, the mud, mud cups. Mud cups. The mud cups. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're all over the banks. Yeah. And just, just sitting out. Just like, sitting out. So basically they close up and the sun beats down on them. It's like a little oven. Yeah. There's no way people can eat that. Yeah. And I get that. Like, You're right. No, I'm not eating that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not yeah. selling somebody. You, 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 you probably could, yeah. but nobody's going to do that. Yeah, nobody. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're alive. They're alive. Oh, yeah. Like, they're they alive. sit in these little, like, and they're dark, too. Like, yeah. they, those things just bake on the, yeah. on, the, on the shore yeah. until the tide comes back in. And so before doing it the way that we're doing it, that's, that's all there was. Right. So when the summer months would come around, like, you don't want to do that. Like, yeah. You're probably going to get sick. Yeah. You know? Right. So by keeping them underwater, uh, we, we basically purge them out um, mm-hmm. for two weeks. They stay submerged for two weeks. And then once we harvest them, we, we harvest them and get them down to 40 degrees within really 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So our whole processing facility down there now is temperature controlled. What is, what is the temperature in the summer? So in the summer, they're coming out, I mean, warm. I mean, the water's warm. The water's warm. So it's but like, it's, what it's, is it, like 60? It's the bacteria inside the oyster. So every oyster has what's called Vibrio. Okay. There's no way around it. It's just yep. something that lives within an oyster. Mm-hmm. And Vibrio starts to rapidly reproduce when it's heated up. Yep. So like, like, all, like all of those pathogens that make you sick that's right they're like that's exactly right and so danger zone when that oyster closes it's now trapped anything that was in it that it was eating at the time filtering Mm -hmm. it's now trapped in there well the sun starts hitting it it heats up it starts rapidly reproducing that's going to make you sick yeah so by keeping them underwater for two weeks they're they're open they're they're filtering water so it's Mm -hmm. it's a fresh stream of yep salt water sort of say yep which is fresh food so all that bacteria all that bad stuff is out of the oyster once we harvest them take them out of the water they close up again mm-hmm. so at this point we, we basically put them into an ice dip and, mm-hmm. and bring their, te- their their internal temperature down to 40 degrees and vibrio cannot reproduce yeah so it's it goes, just, it goes, it goes dormant the oyster yeah. goes to sleep at mm-hmm. this point it's still alive yeah if you, if you take it out out of the refrigeration just put it outside yeah it comes back to life everything's fine how yeah, long does it, it, it just comes to like whatever temperature like whatever its little internal yeah. clock says is the right time yeah and then it's like oh time to start feeding yeah, and absolutely. doing whatever i do absolutely cool and so by doing that and setting our facility up the way it's set up now it, it gives us the ability to to be able to control the the, the internal temperature of the oyster to make it safe mm-hmm. you know knock on wood we've never had a case of Vibrio or anything that's been reported to any restaurant or anything with our oysters. So 
And Got this it. is our, our fifth year of summer harvest coming up. And so typically when people get a bad oyster, right, or they get sick from oysters, probably two different things. One is a rotten oyster that's dead, yeah. right, which you probably you, wouldn't eat. You, you wouldn't you'll eat know that. it. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to eat that. Yeah. You're going to pick it up and put it in your face and be like, whoa. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah, it smells like <laughs> If you smell uh, anything, yeah. throw it out. Yeah, <laughs> don't eat that. Right, that's the, that's the, the, so you won't get sick from that. So the Vibrio would be the bacteria. And that would be from either improper storage, mm-hmm. like they left out too long. That's um, exactly at what it room is. temperature. Yep. Got it. Is that rain? No, oh, those, oh, those leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what happened? I was like, it's a squall. We got a white <laughs> squall coming. Oh my god. <laughs> Everybody inside. <laughs> Buckle up. This is gonna be a rough ride. Oh man. Um, um, that's what I thought of. Like instantly, I was like, "Oh no, it's happening again!" Yeah. It's like, wait, we're safe. Oh, so we're talking about the summertime and educating people about about that, right? Because I had no idea about that. Where was your production at prior to that that summer lull? And then, you know, what what was that lull like? First of all, like what your percent, like you know, how how much of a dip did you take? And then. On the flip side of that, to like kind of where you're at from a production standpoint now, we're sitting in your brand new uh, warehouse space. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I kind of want to follow that trajectory a little bit and then talk a little bit about kind of where you see this thing going. Like, where would you like to see it go? So it, it definitely, not every restaurant kind of dropped off. And it, it, it was really, I would say more the local guys were the ones that we really had to convince. Because, I mean, that's what they grew up, just like you. you know, yeah. it's, that's what they knew. Mm-hmm. So in, changing that was it's, – it was hard. It still is. I mean, right. it, it still happens. Well, and it was a new te- it was a new style of growing here that people didn't realize. Yeah, nobody knew that. Yeah. And, that, you know, now it's, it's – I'm not going to say it's, it's out there. We, we do our best to get it out there. To, we want everybody to come see it. Um, but it, it was enough – it, it happened so many times to where it was like, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be very – we can't sustain this. Right. So it kind of got to the forefront of what we were doing, you know. At, at that time, it was like, all right, if we're going to keep production rates up, we've got we've got to start sharing some education about this and kind of getting the word out. So that's – we really started focusing on it. And it, it's still, you know th- – there's still maybe a couple restaurants around that still do it, and it's not even the restaurant; it's it's the the chef usually, mm-hmm. and it's just that's just what they, it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. there's some things you're not going to change, but for the most part, it's it's been widely accepted. It's a good you know it's a good thing. It's yeah. it, it's it's good for the state. It's good for tourism, really. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, one of, being one of the bigger things. You know, you go to such a, a town like Charleston where the food scene is just unbelievable, and people come here and they're they don't want to eat you know what if they come here from boston they don't want to eat duxbury right. bay oysters yeah, yeah. they want to eat the local stuff you know mm-hmm. and being able to do that in the summer is game changing really yeah so it, it definitely it, it was enough to be alarming to where we said all right our production rate is now at 50 percent because it's the month of may right like we can't go another four months like this we've yep. got to start getting the word out and yeah that was really the biggest thing so a 50 percent drop in production i mean how how profitable is oyster not farming? It's, it's not, not very yeah you have to sell a lot of them yeah it's like it's like all other farming mm-hmm. you know my organic farm 
there was zero profit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just, yeah. it was really out of Corey and I just wanting to learn about it, yeah. right? Like to be more connected to the process. And we sold our product. Mm -hmm. I mean, we sold all of our carrots and our beets and all that stuff to the restaurants. And we didn't like give any discounts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's expensive. To, it like, is. And, and it's grueling. Like the labor is intense. You know, like somebody's got to drive these boats out there and somebody's got to haul the, you know, the cages up. Like it doesn't happen magically. And it's a lot of energy that goes into it. So the profit margin slim. It is. Can you seed your farm recording or is it just kind of like you just keep production at a level? At the, at time, what point, at the like, time, we didn't know. Yeah. We were still so, so, so it fresh out. that all I knew is what we needed to clear on a week and monthly basis do to you be get able a paycheck going yeah <laughs> you're like can i get a check even pay myself yes. it was more or less to you know make sure the bank didn't come get my house and <laughs> yeah you know, the, the, the one or two guys that were helping me on the farm at the time you know they had some some money in their pocket and you know it was yeah. it was tough man i mean the first yeah. couple of years it's 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 like anything else, you know. It's yeah, very you, easy. Everybody would do it. Right. right. So it's, yeah, and there's I, a reason there's only like six of these things. Yeah, and I mean it's <laughs> you know, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But yeah, I mean now it's you know we it's still a struggle for different aspects of it, but uh, our production rates are up. You know, we our whole goal is to be people talking about oysters like oh Blue Point oysters, you know. Yep. We want it to be low country oysters. So, so that's, that's the goal for you. You, you want people. You want you want people to. You want to be like the name. Brand oyster. There is no good representation of a southern oyster, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of good southern oysters. Yep, it's just so new for the South that it, you know, you go up, up the coast to Boston and yep. Massachusetts, Rhode Island, like all everywhere up there. There are so many good oysters. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a it's a thing. It's a livelihood. Yeah, it's you know, it's thriving. Well, there is nobody in the South that has a good representation of it, and we want to be the ones that get that message out, you know, mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is, this is what it is. It's like wine, you know, yeah. it, it's, it, it takes on the flavor. It's grown. And why not have a, a Napa Valley on the East coast? You know, I think you guys are on the way to getting there though. Like your branding is incredible. <laughs> like, like, like everybody knows. And for people that don't know, like, Everybody in Charleston knows. Okay, low country. It's, a, it's amazing, man. When you act like a like an idiot on camera, they think it's hilarious. <laughs> but, I mean, but, it, but it's like it's the logo, it's the beard. I mean, even most of your team looks like these burly like skeleton pirate dudes. Yeah, on your thing. that's part. That's part of the job description. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's gonna be hard to get out there. And, and so how much of that, how much thought went into that, and which came first? The logo or the beard? So the beard definitely. It's been it's been around for a long time. <laughs> okay. Everyone used to say like it looked kind of like summer harvest. So like I can't yeah. believe you have a beard in the summer. I, I was going to ask you about that because like, like there is no season to manliness. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's a year round thing. I love it. I love it. I, I need, need to work, work on. on it. <laughs> <laughs> I shaved off my starter kit this morning. I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you carry it well, and everybody knows it. I mean, you see the truck, you know, rolling around, and it's. I mean, locally, you are a recognizable brand, probably one of the most popular, I would say, in, at least in the hospitality sure. game. Are you finding any? Are you are, are you finding any traction from that? Like we are, we are, man. And it's one of those things. It's. Uh, I mean, you got a lot of gear. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> it, it's just one of those things, you know. It, this all comes back to what we were saying earlier. It's you know, you're only as good as the team that you build, and it's. Mm -hmm that's what it is it's my wife does all the pr and marketing stuff now 
and she she kills it. She's good. Yeah, you know, she's gifted. She's very gifted. I think we worked with her when we first. Y'all did. Well, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we hired Deja early on when we first were coming to town. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I can't remember if she worked for us after we opened, but she definitely was influential in us kind of getting to know the market, like helping us kind of get our brand out and and understanding how to do that in this market. You know, because we were coming down from Charlotte. So that's awesome that um, that you guys have that dynamic to be able to do it. Was the, whose idea was the logo? So the logo was it? A, it's actually this was the logo. To oh start. yeah. Okay. It, it was just this little like square yep. part, mm-hmm. and I was having trouble figuring out how I wanted it. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it just it turned into this whole thing. So then it <laughs> it turned into to what you see there, like the the picture. With the, yeah. with the tridents behind it and all that. And it, at first, I, there was no way in hell that was going to be the logo because I didn't want to be... The poster, the, the, poster the face, the like, literal face. I was face. just like, that's the most arrogant shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And it just... Like, but you're not an arrogant guy I know, at that's, all. I still hate talking about it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Man, it's like, it just happened. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, like, it, right. it just happened. And everyone's always like, you're that guy. You know, I'm like, yes. Yeah, I'm that yeah, guy. I'm that guy. It's so. Trey, actually. <laughs> My name's Trey. I still have a name. Yeah. <laughs> I have feelings. <laughs> so, so do the oyster farmers have to have a beard? Is that yeah, part, is that it's, part it's of the they, they don't have to, but it's, it's, it's highly plan. recommended if you don't want to be hazed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it depends how, how strong your, yeah. your, your, your self-confidence is yeah. and all that. Exactly. Otherwise, we've, got, we've got a couple guys, uh, Nate being one of them, he's, uh, he d- kind of does our whole... Shipping, receiving stuff. Nate, where's Nate? Come over here for a second. So, what is what is the name for the f- the fresh-faced, baby-skinned folks like myself? Little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'm comfortable with my. Yeah. This is Nate. Hey, what's up, Nate? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. So he's like he's like got the he's got the whole thing going too. Yeah, it's almost it's not quite as full. It's close. It's close. From a did you? <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. He's actually my dad. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Good to see you, man. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's, and then Jimmy's got one. He's, he's, uh, yeah, Jimmy's got, Does he? he's got his whole just mane of luxury <laughs> he's got going, man. I mean, he's got like hair down to his shoulders. He's. So, so what's his story? What's his role? So he's, he's one of the, uh, the farmers, one of the farmers down there at, uh, at the actual farm. He actually was in uh, hospitality as well, yeah. in food. He worked at uh, the Charleston place. Okay. I can't remember the yeah. restaurant. It was not the, uh, not the, it was the one like on uh, East Bay, like the sports pub one or whatever it was. I don't know. Oh, yeah. On Market, you mean? Yes, I'm sorry, Market. What is that called? Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. The, what, the, pub, the pub thing, yeah. sports bar joint. Um, so he was there. His dad was in hospitality as well. His dad actually ran Charleston Place for years and years and years, like the event space, all that stuff. Yeah. So he came came to the farm side, you know, and he, he does a great job. We actually have a, a, quite a few people from from the food and bev yeah. industry that, that have come come this way to – I mean, it's all it's all related. Yeah, yeah. Get get involved in the production side of things. You know, and it's. I feel like you need to have that beard in main thing when you're on the water in in the winter time. Oh, sure. Like it's brutal out there. It is brutal. Like the wind just comes ripping over. Straight miserable. Yeah. (laughs) So you see that protection. Yeah, and even this doesn't do it. It's like man, we had about six more pounds of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's hilarious. (laughs) So, at what point did you recognize? kind of a turn from 
the grind of like building the business, getting the infrastructure straight, learning what you're doing to like, okay, or, or have you, are you there? Are you there yet? Are you guys like humming along? You got it dialed in? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely, it'll forever be a, a learning process for us. You know, that we, we want to, our goal is to try to implement new stuff to better the company, to better our industry to you know better our employees like it's it's going to be for a forever learning thing we, we we have gotten to the point now where it's we're here you know we're we're, we're, we're established we're not we don't have disappear yeah real realization for a little while where it's yeah. like i could be gone tomorrow you know and mm -hmm. it's it is what it is at this point you know right but we're established now we've got a great group of guys you know our head farmers and stuff it, it's we're we're putting new systems in place all the time to only make it better so yeah i mean now we're we're looking to go go nationally now you know we actually just sent nationally out nationally 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 <laughs> tell us all about oh, it oh man it's i got Church goosebumps did, yeah i do too we did it yesterday at 5 p.m we sent our first national shipment out um to nashville actually birmingham evans meets okay they delivered to nashville Georgia or Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, and Alabama. So we're, well, we're on the move. Church and Union in Nashville is ready and waiting to catch the shipment when it arrives. We are ready. Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm, I'm excited for you. That's yeah, awesome. So we're, we're doing national distribution now. Cool. So do, do you have, do you feel like a little relief? Do you feel like, okay, we're, we're getting like, it's all coming together. Like I'm on the right path all that like do you have that kind of yeah sense it's of it's a sense of relief in the aspect but it's also a sense of urgency to to want to to keep going you yeah know? it's like capitalize on your time yeah sure it, you... it's like one of those things man like it it's like hitting a goal and then having that feeling of like all right your goals now, keep let's, yeah let's, let's do it big you know yeah, yeah i can totally relate to that so um, it's 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 exciting it's exciting time yeah exciting. cool man that's awesome Let's talk, I want to talk a little bit about the oyster itself because there, and, and also how people can learn more about this here. Like, can they, can they learn, do you have a website? Can they come visit the farm? Yeah. Can you, you know, are you guys open to that kind of stuff? Yeah. So we um, actually, we actually have farm tours now as well. Okay. So cool. Is that like a scheduled thing? Yeah. Or is it's it somewhere? scheduled. It's uh, you go on our website and book a farm tour, come down, you'll awesome. see the, the whole working dynamics from, from start to finish, from the nursery all the way to the distribution aspect. Who's of it. doing the tours? Um, so we actually have a person, uh, Morgan, who's doing okay. it for us. She's, okay. She runs the tours. She runs like... the tours. She's doing uh, a lot of the work in the nursery as well, as well as uh, field work. She's okay. a, a licensed captain. She's, she's a badass, man. She's, cool. she's awesome. She, um, she's very educational. She's very good at that kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. I am not. Talking so, to people. <laughs> talking to people, yeah. all that kind of stuff. She's, 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 she's the one for the job, so nice. she does a good job with it. I highly recommend everybody do that if you have it, because I was like, my eyes were opened when yeah. I saw the whole, the whole it's, operation. It's, 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 until you see it firsthand, it's, it's yeah. hard, hard to really grasp it. You know? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So, so people can do that. And then, um, so let's talk about the oyster itself real quick because i think there's so many interesting things about it other than being completely delicious and i, I want to talk a little bit about what you think is special about your oysters as opposed to like a blue point or uh you know uh prince Edward island oysters you know the the elder oysters from that area a what makes them different why are you special i think that's an important kind of thing to talk about with people because a lot of people don't get that 
Yeah, yeah let's, let's start there. Yeah, I mean, they're... Because, uh, oh, real quick, the oysters are all the same they're all the same species, species. Yeah. Right? right? So, so like, like eastern oyster. It's, it's not, not like either. a like a carrot where you get like this type of carrot is you know is this genetic makeup and this type of carrot is that. They're all the same species. They're all the same species. And it, it's just like wine. The the best comparison that I've ever heard that I use all the time is comparing it to wine. Like, okay. But it would be a specific grape. grape. Like, like let's say, say Merlot. Merlot. It could be the same Merlot grape, grape, but grown in two different spots. Right. right. Two totally different places. But there aren't two different oysters right no, it's like it's, it's all merlot grapes right? all, they're all they're all oyster. merlot grapes but they're where grown you grow in different them. spots so they take on the flavor in which where they're grown right, right. so the, the, the so the literal like terroir or the, exactly of, of the estuary or wherever it is what's special about the low country cups so ours as opposed to like a, ours are super salty yeah. Like the the selenium level is high. They're, they own, they're like they they border on like an olive, like a yeah. like a brined olive yeah. kind of. And, but they have a very very. I'm not gonna say sweet finish, but it's like a, almost like a meaty finish, like mm-hmm. like a. Chicken stock. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I know everyone says umami. It's like an umami. Yeah. Like everyone thing. says everything tastes like chicken, but yeah. in all honesty, like it it does. Yep. I can I can see that. Um, and it, it's it's really from. From where it's grown, you know, it's grown in, in really clean, good water, but also our estuaries are made up of fluff mud and marsh grass. Mm-hmm. So when tide comes in, it, it, the, the marsh grass holds a lot of that that flavor, like that, mm-hmm. like the um, phytoplankton's and stuff that it feeds on, thrives on, and gives it a flavor. It holds a lot of that there, so you, you really get a, a taste of it. Gotcha. Um, so there's like no freshness in it at all. Mm-hmm. They're super fresh, but there's no fresh water in it right. at all. Yeah. And we have really big tides, so it's a constant. It's like a full. It's a, it's a fresh flush of salt water. Yes. Not fresh water, but salt water. Right. But a lot yeah, of it. Yeah, it's constantly, like, they're not sitting in a protected bay where the, you know, you, the water's completely recycled. Exactly. Or replenished. Every day. With each tide. Twice a day. Yeah, yeah twice a day. Yep. So you're getting all that constant. Yep. Got it. What else about oysters? Like, I find them so fascinating, like the whole ecological aspect of them, like how they, um, how they can clean the waters and all that kind of stuff. Like, can you, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, oysters clean. Like, one oyster can filter up to 50 gallons of water a day. Just, just one. huge. It's a man. lot. So they're just, like, constantly, like, pumping water. All day. I mean, that's, that's what they do. And when they do that, they're removing any... Nitrogen, all, like, they're, they're cleaning the water, essentially. So basically, yeah. if, if you didn't have oysters... You would have a lot of nitrogen, which would essentially create Kill more off. grass on top mm-hmm. that would not allow sunlight to get to the bottom. And it's just, it's, it's where it all starts. It's like right. anything else. It's, it's yep. all a snowball effect. They remove nitrogen, clean the water, you know, create where's habitat. All that, where's all that nitrogen coming from? It, I mean, everywhere. It's, yeah. I mean, there's no way around it, you know. Yeah. It comes from stuff on the bottom you know stuff coming up through the mud yeah the decomposing, bottom, decomposing like whatever yeah i mean it's it's everywhere so, so there's such an like almost like a keystone would they be considered a keystone species for like uh for oh yeah i mean in some like, virginia is a very aquaculture friendly state mm-hmm. they they not only like they, they promote it you know yeah. and they're, they're happy to do it and they actually give their farmers nitrogen credit on their taxes oh cool so basically if you have like any other kind of tax bracket you're like you're in this tax bracket 
you're filtering this much water with the amount of oysters you have, you get this much credit. Oh, for your that's taxes. amazing. Yeah, I mean, because of the ecological service, service that exactly. you're doing, that's exactly. awesome. While also producing a product that is relatively local. Mm -hmm. you know? so yeah, yeah. I mean, and we can use local as the East Coast. Yep. yep. So it's you're it's driving a lot of economics as well as ecosystem into it. Yep. Um, so it's it, I mean it's it's good on very very a few different fronts really. Yeah. yeah, I find that totally fascinating. That like the thought of like that I didn't realize it was fifty gallons a day that they could filter. Yeah, per oyster. Um, per oyster. But we did we did the math on million, it one day. You got a million oysters. We did on the math farm. on it one day, and it was like trillions of gallons a year that are our farm wow. filters. Trillions. Yeah, so, 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 like, what would happen to the coastline if they didn't exist? Man. Right? Like, yeah, like who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Like, it would be this, like, crazy just wasteland. Yeah. And I think, like, is that part of, like, that could be related to, like, what happens with these algae blooms and these, like, this red tide thing, right? Where, mm -hmm. like, the nitrogen's so high that the only thing that can, like, survive there is, like, these algaes and stuff. And it ends up killing off, like... You know where it most happens, though, right? Where? Around farms. Yeah. Oh, like, like land farms. Yeah, it's where runoff from, you know, when it rains, all so the... So the nitrogen, nitrogen from all the fertilizer and, mm -hmm. and It manure. happens a lot down in Florida. And it's mm -hmm. when they release the Okeechobee, when they open up the locks there. And it comes down the St. Lucie River and all that. And that's when you see all these fish floating around and all that. That's what do it you, is. Do you think this is a hypothetical, but I'm just, like, thinking about it now. If they went in there and put these massive aquaculture like oyster farms in there do you think it would help clean up the situation or do you think um, it's too far gone i don't i don't know thing? enough about it to be honest I, it, it wouldn't hurt it yeah but there are a bunch of other aspects to it as well you know yeah. is it is there enough salt to let the oysters survive you know is there enough tide for fresh yeah you know stuff, stuff like that because there's so yeah. many different aspects that make it thrive that mm -hmm. it, i don't know i wonder if anybody's tried that I'm sure. I hope, you know, yeah. if, if they haven't, I'm sure it's coming because We're it's do some research and yeah. find out. Yeah. I mean, it, it can't hurt it. Yeah. yeah you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> can't get sure. any worse than it is. Anything else you want to talk about or, or let people know about what do you, I mean, obviously the Nashville news is super exciting news. Yeah. I'm super, super excited. excited. Yeah. We're excited about um, that one. We will definitely wrap the low country oysters Heck in, yeah. um, in yeah. Nashville for sure. Nice. Get people on board with that. Anything new? What's, what's next? Hmm. We're gonna keep plugging along. Yeah, yeah. We're, keep we're, growing. We're gonna keep growing. Yeah. Cool. We got we got our nursery fired back up this week, and we're we're full Sweet. steam ahead, man. Awesome. Well, I want to come back out there. I just like going out there. Yeah. I like cruising <laughs> like around and like seeing what's going on. I think it's super cool. By all means. Um, cool. cool. I look forward to it. Cool. Thanks, Thanks buddy. buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Bye, brother.